welcome to the Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Tudor, Certified Lifestyle Medicine Practitioner. My aim is to help everyday people understand science, not the science, and to use that understanding to make better choices for their health and well-being. Each episode, I'll be bringing my latest Substack post to you in audio form. For the full visual experience, including graphs, charts, images, and videos, view the accompanying post in my Empowered Substack. And now, let's dive in. Episode 49, Ketogenic Diets, Part 5, Cancer. Previously in this series, I've discussed the origins of the ketogenic diet and the biological role of ketone bodies in Part 1, whether living in a state of ketosis is normal and natural, Part 2, and whether ketogenic diets are effective for weight loss, Part 3, and insulin resistance and diabetes, Part 4. In this installment, I'm going to examine the claim which is now spreading like wildfire over the internet that ketogenic diets can cure cancer by starving cancer cells of glucose. This claim rests on a commonly held belief that cancer cells are fueled mostly or entirely by glucose or, in popular parlance, sugar. So, does sugar feed cancer? Here's a typical example of the claims made by ketogenic diet proponents from a popular website. Quote, the ketogenic diet starves cancer. Otto Warburg was a leading cell biologist who led to the discovery that cancer cells are unable to flourish using energy produced from cellular respiration, but instead from glucose fermentation. Dr. Thomas Seyfried and other cancer researchers agree and have further discovered that cancer cells are also fueled from the fermentation of the amino acid glutamine. With ketogenic diets, lowering carbohydrates will reduce your levels of glucose, the fuel that feeds cancer cells. This will put your body into ketosis and will assist in depleting cancer cells of their energy supply. End of quote. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, as astronomer Carl Sagan famously said, and this is quite an extraordinary claim. So how does the evidence for it stack up? Not quite as well as keto enthusiasts claim. The evidence on ketogenic diets in cancer. A 2017 systematic review of the published evidence for ketogenic diets in cancer identified 15 studies, 5 case reports, 8 prospective studies comprising 6 single-arm studies, 1 single-arm crossover study and 1 three-arm study utilising total parenteral feeding and 2 retrospective studies. They wrote that, quote, no study with a methodologically rigorous design was found, end of quote, and concluded that, quote, evidence supporting the effects of isocaloric ketogenic dietary regimes on tumor development and progression, as well as reduction in side effects of cancer therapy, is missing, end of quote. And those quotes were from an article titled, Systematic Review, Isocaloric Ketogenic Dietary Regimes for Cancer Patients. Worryingly, they also commented that researchers appeared to underreport side effects and downplay the decreased quality of life in cancer patients following ketogenic diets. Another review, published in April 2018, concluded, quote, the limited number of studies and differences in study design and characteristics contribute to overall poor quality evidence, limiting the ability to draw evidence-based conclusions, end of quote. That quote was from a paper titled, A Nutritional Perspective of Ketogenic Diet in Cancer, a Narrative Review. In fact, the author's extensive literature search identified a total of just 14 studies on the effects of the ketogenic diet in cancer patients published between 1988 and 2016 that included only 206 individuals. Studies were characterized by small sample size, average of 15 participants, which increased the risk of false conclusions being drawn, and only one was a randomized controlled trial, that is, a study in which half the participants were put on a ketogenic diet during cancer treatment, while the remaining patients were assigned to usual care. 
Five of the studies were case reports considered the lowest level of evidence in medical research. Patients were put on ketogenic diets for anywhere from five days to 12 months. Nine out of the 14 studies assessed the effects of the diet on tumor metabolism and or disease progression. And of these, two found that patients on the ketogenic diet had worse results, two showed diverse results among participants, four did not report any difference between treatments, and one demonstrated an alteration in cancer cell metabolism. A 2017 study conducted on pancreatic and lung cancer patients, which was not included in either of the systematic reviews, found high dropout rates due to inability to tolerate the diet. However, there was, quote, no observed difference in PFS, which stands for progression-free survival, or OS, that is overall survival, between subjects who prematurely stopped the ketogenic diet versus those who consumed the ketogenic diet while receiving concurrent radiation and chemotherapy, end of quote. That quote was from a paper called Consuming a Ketogenic Diet While Receiving Radiation and Chemotherapy for Locally Advanced Lung and Pancreatic Cancer, the University of Iowa experience of two phase one clinical trials. A review article published in 2020 summarized the results of 30 papers on the use of ketogenic diets for human cancer patients. Only one of these was a randomized controlled trial. Most were case reports presenting data from between one to a dozen or so individual patients or pilot or feasibility studies. Dropout rates were high and results were mixed, although some very positive outcomes were reported for several cancer types that are well known to be highly and rapidly fatal, including advanced-stage malignant astrocytoma and recurrent glioblastoma. A systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials of a ketogenic diet used as an adjuvant or add-on therapy in cancer patients undergoing surgery, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, or immunotherapy was published in 2021. Just six papers describing four studies were identified. Only one of these studies measured cancer survival rate as an outcome, and two measured tumor markers, CEA, CA19-9, and PSA. The majority of outcome measures related to how well patients could stick to their assigned diets and the impact of the diet on their overall nutritional intake, weight, body composition and lipid profiles, that is cholesterol and triglycerides. Out of all of these outcomes, the only measures that were significantly different between cancer patients assigned to eat a ketogenic diet and those given standard dietary advice was that levels of PSA, that is prostate-specific antigen, which is used to track the progression of prostate cancer, were higher, meaning worse, in those eating a ketogenic diet, and the level of satisfaction with the diet was lower. The authors sounded a note of caution on the lack of high-quality evidence on the use of ketogenic diets for cancer and called for larger and more rigorous studies. Quote, the pooled results from the studies show inadequate evidence to support the beneficial effects of low-carbohydrate ketogenic diets on anti-tumor therapy. At present, there are not enough studies on the mechanism of the ketogenic diet. More studies are needed to clarify ketogenic diets' efficacy and safety. End of quote. That quote was from a paper called Efficacy of Low-Carbohydrate Ketogenic Diet as an Adjuvant Cancer Therapy, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. All in all, these inconsistent and patchy results are not quite what I would call extraordinary evidence that ketogenic diets are beneficial in the treatment of cancer. Are all cancer cells hungry for glucose, the Warburg effect, and the reverse Warburg effect? 
The notion that a ketogenic diet is an effective therapy for cancer rests largely on the observation that the mitochondria, the internal power plants of cancer cells, have reduced efficiency, resulting in a decreased energy yield from glucose, known as the Warburg effect after Otto Warburg, who won the 1931 Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine for discovering it, this metabolic inefficiency results in cancer cells taking up more glucose from the bloodstream. Bloggers and authors of popular books have distorted this observation into the oft-repeated claim that, quote, sugar feeds cancer, end of quote, which then forms the basis of advice to eliminate all forms of carbohydrate from the diet, including fruit, whole grains and legumes, foods which have been shown to reduce the risk of developing cancer. And in the post accompanying this podcast episode, I've linked up to studies on fruit and vegetable consumption and cancer, studies on whole grain consumption and cancer, and legumes and cancer risk. And all of them show that the consumption of such foods reduces the risk of developing cancer. It's important to realize that the phenomenon that we call cancer is not a single disease. The defining characteristic of cancer cells is that they acquire multiple mutations in genes that govern the metabolic pathways, both during and after the process of turning cancerous. Consequently, not all cancer cells are avid consumers of glucose, as ketogenic diet advocates claim. In fact, in a study of 33 human cancer cell lines, all were found to express key ketolytic enzymes, which enable them to take up ketone bodies and use them as a fuel. The level of expression varied significantly between different cell lines, meaning that some cancer cell types have a stronger preference than others for using ketone bodies. Interestingly, the researchers found, quote, no correlation between glycometabolism and ketone body metabolism, end quote, meaning that cancer cells with high glycometabolism, that is use of glucose as a fuel, didn't necessarily have a lower level of key ketolytic enzymes. Some cancer cells, it seems, are able to use glucose and ketone bodies quite interchangeably, depending on what is available to them. Some cancer cells show a strong preference for using ketone bodies, and they cause the body to make more ketones in order to fuel their growth. An oncogenic or cancer-causing mutation in the BRAF-V600E gene activates MEK1, which stimulates the growth of cancer. Which types of cancer does this mutation occur in? Over 50% of melanomas, 10% of colorectal cancers, 100% of hairy cell leukemias, and 5% of multiple myelomas. For people whose cancers express this BRAF-V600E mutation, adopting a ketogenic diet would pour fuel on the fire. In mice who were implanted with human melanomas expressing the BRAF-V600E mutation, a high-fat diet, quote, increased growth rates, masses, and sizes of tumors, end of quote. Researchers have also identified a reverse Warburg effect in which fibroblasts, that is connective tissue cells that produce the extracellular matrix or stroma, in which all cells, including cancer cells, live, feed ketone bodies to adjacent cancer cells, stimulating tumor growth and metastasis. The human MDA-MB231 breast cancer cell line is one that has been found to overexpress key enzymes involved in ketone metabolism. Here is how the researchers described the two-way relationship between cancer cells and surrounding fibroblasts that increases the amount of ketones available to fuel tumor growth. 
quote, ketogenic fibroblasts promote the growth of adjacent breast cancer cells by driving increased mitochondrial biogenesis. Thus, the tumor stroma may serve as a reservoir for ketone body production, while cancer cells upregulate the enzymes required for ketone body reutilization, driving oxidative mitochondrial metabolism in epithelial cancer cells, end of quote. They concluded that, quote, our data provide the necessary genetic evidence that ketone body production and reutilization drive tumor progression and metastasis. In summary, ketone bodies behave as oncometabolites, and we directly show that the enzymes, my note, these are ketolytic enzymes, HMGCS2, ACAT1-2, and OXCT1-2 are bona fide metabolic oncogenes, that is, genes with the potential to cause cancer, end of quote. And that quote is from the paper, Ketone Body Utilization Drives Tumor Growth and Metastasis. An enzyme involved in the generation of ketone bodies was found to be upregulated in high-grade prostate cancer, and the concentration of the ketone body beta-hydroxybutyrate was higher in these cells, indicating that aggressive prostate cancer cells use ketone bodies to, quote, gain a survival advantage, allowing them to become increasingly aggressive and gain androgen-independent properties, end of quote. That quote is from a study called Quantitative Proteomics, reveals that enzymes of the ketogenic pathway are associated with prostate cancer progression. This is a critical point because conventional prostate cancer therapy includes androgen blockade, but androgen deprivation decreases the ability of prostate cancer cells to take up glucose from the bloodstream and use it as a fuel. This, quote, decrease in the activity of the glycolytic pathway places prostate cancer cells under stress to generate energy in a quick manner in order to carry out necessary cellular functions. One avenue through which such an effect can be achieved is to increase energy production through the breakdown of fatty acids via the beta-oxidation pathway, end of quote, that is, through utilizing ketone bodies. Ketone bodies were also found to increase the growth rate of HeLa cells, a cervical cancer cell line that is extensively used in cancer research. Brain cancer and ketogenic diets. On the other hand, certain tumors may indeed respond well to ketogenic diet therapy. Some patients with a type of brain tumor known as glioma have been shown to have reduced tumor growth when put on an energy-restricted ketogenic diet. However, results are highly inconsistent, and even proponents of the diet acknowledge that its effects are fairly marginal. Even when tumor shrinkage occurs, patients don't live appreciably longer, and it, quote, probably has no significant clinical activity when used as single agent in recurrent glioma, end of quote. A systematic review found six peer-reviewed articles, three case reports, two prospective cohort or pilot studies, and one retrospective cohort study involving 42 patients, 40 adults and two children, on the use of ketogenic diets or caloric restriction for malignant glioma. The authors of the review, quote, found reports on treatment efficacy to be mostly inconclusive. However, results from two studies indicated at least a possible benefit, end of quote. In all, quote, a possible benefit following standalone or concurrent ketogenic metabolic therapy treatment was observed in almost one-third of all reviewed patients, 13 out of 42 patients, end of quote. Hardly a ringing endorsement of the ketogenic diet, but gliomas have such a poor prognosis that it may be worth considering. However, not all glioma patients will respond positively to a ketogenic diet because some glioma cells express ketolytic enzymes and hence can use ketone bodies as a fuel, 
As the researchers concluded, quote, our results showing that malignant gliomas have differential expression of ketolytic and glycolytic enzymes are consistent with previous studies that have shown that these are genetically heterogeneous tumours, end of quote. That quote was from a study called Ketolytic and Glycolytic Enzymatic Expression Profiles in Malignant Gliomas, Implications for Ketogenic Diet Therapy. Since cancer cells continuously mutate due to their genomic instability, some cells within a single tumour will develop mutations that cause them to show a preference for ketone bodies and others for glucose. Only tumours in which a majority of cells have low expression of ketolytic enzymes are likely to be controlled by ketogenic diets. Do ketone bodies have specific anti-cancer effects? The cancer-controlling effects of ketogenic diets are typically attributed to the ketone bodies themselves. For example, improved mitochondrial function has been found to inhibit cancer cell growth and reverse the resistance of cancer cells to chemotherapy drugs. Ketogenic diet advocates credit the ketone body, beta-hydroxybutyrate, or BHB, with being responsible for improving mitochondrial respiration. However, research by Dr. Walter Longo and his co-workers on fasting and fasting-mimicking diets indicates that ketosis is not required to improve mitochondrial function and induce what he and his team have dubbed differential stress sensitization, also called differential stress resistance, a condition in which cancer cells are weakened and made susceptible to chemotherapy, while normal healthy cells are strengthened and made resistant to it. Instead, reduced levels of insulin-like growth factor 1, IGF-1, and mechanistic target of rapamycin, mTOR, induce differential stress sensitization. Both IGF-1 and mTOR are reduced by fasting and low-protein diets. Fasting, protein restriction, and cancer. Fasting has been found to decrease side effects and increase the tumor cell-killing effects of both conventional cytotoxic chemotherapy and tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Cycles of fasting followed by refeeding stimulate rejuvenation of stem cells, including those in bone marrow, allowing blood counts to bounce back faster after cytotoxic chemotherapy. While evidence for the benefits of a ketogenic diet and cancer treatment are sparse and inconsistent, a randomized controlled trial of a low-fat, high-carbohydrate, plant-based diet, the direct opposite of a ketogenic diet, was shown to significantly decrease PSA and dramatically reduce the risk of progression in men with early-stage prostate cancer and favorably affect a wide range of genes involved in cancer. Water-only fasting followed by a whole food, plant-based diet with no added sugar, salt or oil, again high in carbohydrates, low in fat and relatively low in protein, was shown to shrink lymphoma and maintain remission. Final thoughts. Research consistently indicates that diets rich in minimally processed plant foods and therefore by definition rich in unrefined carbohydrates and relatively low in protein promote healthy longevity. In an email exchange with me about ketogenic diets, which I share with his permission, Walter Longo's colleague and co-author on many of his research papers, Dr. Sebastian Brandhorst, made two critical points. Quote, the relatively high protein content of most ketogenic diets does generally not align with diets that are most beneficial with regards to human health and lifespan. Two, fasting and FMDs, that is fasting mimicking diets, induce cellular atrophy that is followed by a stem cell-based regeneration or rejuvenation upon normal caloric intake. To the best of my knowledge, this has not been demonstrated for ketogenic diets. We believe that this can only be achieved by periodic starvation by which he meant fasting, and refeeding intervals, end of quote. And that quote, once again, was in an email sent by Sebastian Brandhorst to me. 
In other words, the ketogenic diet is not conducive to human longevity and does not offer the benefits that fasting and fasting mimicking diets provide for cancer patients in terms of reducing the side effects of medical treatment and enhancing its effectiveness. The extraordinary claim that ketogenic diets cure cancer is not supported by extraordinary evidence, but by a patchwork of conjectures and hypotheses about the metabolism of cancer cells that have, in many if not most cases, failed to stand up to scrutiny. While further research is justified in the case of highly fatal cancer types that have shown some response, including certain types of brain tumour, when it comes to cancer treatment, ketogenic diets are not ready for prime time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and on your socials and make sure you subscribe to my Empowered Substack so you never miss a post.